minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Inside our Masson Web Studio, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live on the Masson Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and making us a part of your Tuesday afternoon. And if you're not, you're listening to us after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Every single week, we tweet out a Linktree link. You can find the, all the links to every single podcasting platform, the YouTube uh, playlist, uh, the Facebook video page. Everything, even us on Twitter at Amy Jennings News at Bobby underscore Blanco. Be sure to look for that so you can make sure you're getting every single up to date episode of the Mass and All Access podcast. I'm back in studio after uh, doing it from home last week. Amy, thank you again for uh, hosting from here from the desk and uh, zooming me in. I really appreciate that. How was your uh, trip up to uh, to Boston? How's Fenway? It was awesome. It was my first time to both. Fenway and to Boston in general, uh, which was really cool. And I didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, it's a historic ballpark, but you know, people say, oh, there's obstructed seats. The seats are super small, this, that. But it was so cool. Like, it might be my favorite ballpark now. Um, and it was Yankees Red Sox, obviously, a super awesome matchup, super awesome rivalry. Um, and people were way nicer than I expected. <laughs> you hear terrible things about Boston fans. I came across like two idiots, but other than that, everybody was really nice. Yeah, uh, that, that's Boston for sure. I'm surprised that uh, were you, I'm guessing because you took up your grandparents, right? Big Yankees yes. fans. And were you also wearing Yankees gear yes. to the game? So we all, and you got no, 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 no issues. I mean, people would say funny stuff. Right. Like, oh, I mean, there's always going to be back judge and forth. On the bus or, you know, whatever it may be. But most of the comments were like jokingly joking yeah. and friendly which was cool and to go with my grandparents was really awesome it was their first time there too so to take a trip with them you know which game did you watch uh, saturday night we went to three oh, so we went to all three games yeah, so we went to friday saturday and sunday wow so you made the trip yeah, worth it you so were we made you it were worth doing it. it we did the ballpark tour too which for ballpark tours it was probably at the bottom of my list oh, really? i don't know if like covid changed a lot of things but mm. we didn't get to go like i've been on ballpark tours where you go in the dugout on the field or in the press box kind of just went around the stands so i don't know if that was because it was game day or because of covid changed a lot of that so that was a little bit disappointing but other than that did you get awesome. to go into the green monster yeah okay. no not in just, just on on it. top of it yes but yeah, i still always see those people signing yeah. the wall and stuff so that would have been cool did you do a ballpark tour when you were there no i mean i, I so we uh yeah i was real little and um we snuck my my cousins up there or my mom's cousins i guess like snuck us into like oh, the center cool. field gate we got caught this is i don't remember this This is the story i was told and then like they kind of talked our way into like letting us take pictures by the by the monster and everything oh, so no i did cool. not do an official tour i broke the law and uh, snuck in as like a toddler bobby your story <laughs> is i did not sneak in with my but grandparents we did, but trip, we did not but. see a game though who 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 won the series uh the red Sox. two out of yeah, three two out of three which one did the yankees win uh, Saturday. Okay. So yeah, and that was, a re- that was a really good game. Fu- All that- three games are really good. Yeah. I, uh, I was told that because um, Sunday's game was Sunday Night Baseball, right? Right. Like the national. I heard that game went two hours and 13 minutes. It was so short. Like, I remember I was like, 
my nan was like oh well it's not over yet i was like no nan like there's two outs at the top of the ninth she's like it's the ninth like it went so fast that is the dream for, for but of course writers. it's it's the night not the night that you're working the game you know no, you want it to be a little is. bit shorter you have something to do but it's the yeah. game that you paid to watch and yeah. go see of course that's the two hour whatever yeah game. yeah yeah and for us it's like it's always like the apple or peacock game that you know is like two hours Super and fi- half hour and every other massing game is like over but three and a half hours but when the nationals are on the west coast it starts oh, at 10 p.m it has to be a four-hour game. Yeah. Of well, course. they're going back to the West Coast. They're going up to San Diego, of course, on Thursday. And then they have two in <laughs> Seattle next week. So looking forward to late nights again. Nothing like late nights in the uh, middle of August. schedule now, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Zuckerman was joking yesterday. He was like, I'm usually excited to go out to the West Coast in the middle of August because, like, you know, it's San Diego. And then, like, Seattle, you get cooler weather. But it's actually been pretty pleasant the past couple of days here in D.C. So we're not missing too much weather-wise going out there out west um all right well back here back east south capitol street uh was an exciting night last night cj abrams making his nationals debut of course one of the top prospects the nationals got back for trading juan soto and josh bell to the padres uh what two weeks ago to the day mm-hmm. um so want to talk about him we're going to hear from him in a little bit he met with the media at his locker yesterday before the game and we talked to him after the game as well we'll hear for his pregame thoughts just on the trade and coming over and getting acclimated to the national system um over the past week or so but you know for as far as debut goes i mean nothing too exciting he didn't go you know three for four with a homer or anything he went he didn't get a hit but it was i think it's cool to see and good to see especially for fans to see tangible progress something at the major league level come up and play um and and being the starting lineup play shortstop play all nine innings Uh, i think that's a good start and and you saw flashes of what cj can do and especially in the field the range he has the athleticism he has it was uh it was a pretty it wasn't like outrageous like you know it wasn't like oh my gosh like on your what edge of your seat do. right but right. like it's like okay this kid's here and like we're gonna be able to watch him play the rest of the year yeah it was cool because last night you saw josiah gray on the mound yeah you saw caber Ruiz behind the plate and and you saw cj abrams at shortstop and mike rizzo said what you're gonna see pretty soon is these young guys up the middle and that's what makes a strong team and for nats fans that are still you know, trying to get over the Juan Soto trade, at least you're seeing it right here on the field. You're seeing the young talent. And Josiah Gray said it after the game yesterday is that it was pretty cool going out there and pitching with C.J. Abrams behind me because those are the teammates of my future. When we're competitive again and we're playing, these guys are going to be my teammates. So to play with them now, kind of get accustomed to that now, is exciting. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk about the plan for C.J. moving forward, maybe talk more about his... um what he did last night but let's let's hear from cj himself like i said he talked to the media before it was kind of funny like he still had his padres bags from the <laughs> lying on the floor in front of him he had his new nationals jersey hanging in the locker room so still getting settled in but he arrived late sunday night around nine o'clock to dc from rochester um he met with the media yesterday before his debut talk about how excited he was for this opportunity and looking forward to going out and playing major league baseball once again Good. Uh, I know it's not your major league debut, but when it's a debut with a new team, given everything else that's happened the last week or so, just what does this feel like for you? I mean, it's a new team. It's a new start. It's a great opportunity, and I'm excited to get going. What is, what's the last couple weeks been like for you, going from Padres? Nats, All over the place. Um, a lot of traveling. Bats. A lot of traveling. Um, you know, it's still baseball. Just go out there and have fun. Keep playing. 
JD said that when you went to AAA, he wanted you to get acclimated with the organization. What were you able to learn over these last two weeks about the Nationals? I mean, everybody cares about me, you know. Um, I've been working with Augie a lot, working on defense, and then just playing, still still the game, playing, have fun with it. How, how does it feel to be, be once by a team like this and they're willing to put you to a trade as big as that? How good does that feel to be kind of once like that? Um, it's amazing. Like I said, it's a good opportunity, so I'm going to do my thing out there and have fun playing. You, you already were thrown in the spotlight at the beginning of the year, filling in for Tatis at, at shortstop. Um, does that help you? Anything you learned from that about how to deal with the attention that you're going to get now being up here? I mean, the attention kind of just comes with the uh, plan. Um, you know, I don't really pay attention to much of that. I just go out there, do my thing out there, and have fun. What were some of the, what were some of the lessons you learned? Sorry, guys. Early this year, um, up in the majors with the Padres, some things maybe you took away from that experience. I mean, I try to learn everything I do um, every day. Kind of got to get better. You know, everybody's good at this level, so you got to strive to be the best. Still early in your career, so where are you most comfortable with where you're at on the field, and what are you still working on? I mean, I'm trying to get better at everything I do. Every little aspect I can, I can pick up anything. Um, you know, just go out there and do my thing. What, what, is, what is your thing? <laughs> play the game hard. I like to play hard. Um, play at a fast pace and get outs and score runs. Any, any reason behind number five? No, I didn't even know I had number five <laughs> until just now. <laughs> it's a good number, though. Um, prior to the trade, who did you already know on this team? Um, Not too many people. You know, I've heard of Cruz. Watch him play a lot. <laughs> Big name. Um, you know, then then we got Voight and Gore here now, so just get to know everybody and have fun playing with them. Is there something about the idea of being one of the young guys that may help take this franchise back to being a winning franchise again that is appealing to you that you can be one of the centerpieces of that? Yeah, most definitely. We have a good core here. Uh, we're gonna build and get wins for sure soon. What well, are some of the things you and Jose have been working on in the field? You mentioned he's kind of been with you. In a lot of a lot of footwork and stuff. Um, hands were good. He just saw some things he could clean up with the footwork, and it's been helpful for sure. What was one of the things that when you got to the majors, you were like, ooh, I didn't know it was going to be like this in the big leagues? I mean, how I felt, really. Heart beating, you know. Normal stuff, but when it's actually there, it's different. But that's pretty much it. Though. What's the key to slowing that all down and just, you know, playing through those emotions? You got to think you're here for a reason. Take a few deep breaths and play the game. Do you have any nerves tonight playing in front of a new city, new fan base? Not too much. I'm more excited than anything, for sure. When did you get here? What's that? When did you get here? Last night at like 9 o'clock. Were you able to have any family here with you tonight? I don't think they're here, but they'll be here soon. Okay. Yeah. Did you explore anything outside of your hotel in D.C. this morning? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I'll, I'll do that, though, for sure. <laughs> it's raining, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Soft-spoken kid uh, from C.J. Abrams. But, I mean, he's 21 years old, arriving at a major league clubhouse for the first time in a couple of months, a new one at that, has only been around for a couple of weeks. Um, the Nationals brought up, actually, their minor league field coordinator to come with him so he feels a little more comfortable in terms of talking about game plans and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, 
you can tell that he was excited to be there. Like, how can you not be back in a major league clubhouse? You're going to play again. Um, he was just, you know, still getting acclimated to everything that was new around him. Right. I mean, aside from, you know, the results on the field and his actual talent level, it's easy to forget that he's only 21 years right. old. And I think a big part of the reason that the Nationals decided to start him in Rochester with their AAA team was just getting accustomed to the organization and kind of, you know, being able to set his feet before he made his debut with the Nationals. And you saw him play with the Padres last year, and, and he was the big name in this trade. And it's so easy to forget that he is just 21 years old. He's a baby. <laughs> yeah. So he ends up going 0 for 4 with a strikeout last night. But that last at-bat, I believe in the bottom of the eighth, had a really nice swing to it. It sounded really good off the bat. Ends up falling a little bit short of a home run, the warning track in right field. But it was a strong swing. Um, in the field, he did have a throwing error, but he did commit a lot of good plays that I don't necessarily think Luis Garcia, no offense to Luis Garcia, but I don't know if Luis Garcia can make some of the plays that we saw C.J. Abrams make last night, especially the ones going to his left, fielding the ball, and then coming back around and throwing basically across his body while on the run still and getting the out at first base. I think he did that at least twice last night, which was impressive to see. Right, it's the range. Yeah. I mean, Luis Garcia does not have the range that we saw just last night in one game from C.J. Abrams, and you brought up that error. He only had two errors prior to this in 100 chances with the Padres, so it was kind of surprising to see that, but he's 21. He probably has some jitters, you know, some yeah. stuff he has to work out. He made that throwing error, and then I think the next play came to him. He made another really wide throw that Luke Voigt uh, was able mm -hmm. to, to stretch and get but then he made that incredible play up the middle so you kind of you're gonna see the the bumps along the way whereas if he was with some other organizations he'd probably spend the rest of the year in AAA mm -hmm. uh, uh, before he made his debut at the beginning of the 2023 season but because of the state of this team because Luis Garcia had to head to the 10-day IL, we're seeing him a lot sooner than we might on another team. So the bumps that he would be able to work out at AAA with another team, we're going to see at the major league level with the Nationals. And that's okay. You just kind of have to be along for the ride um, and know that he, he there's still some developmental room for CJ. Yeah, the ball will find you. He made the first out of the game and the last <laughs> out of the game. And then in the seventh inning with the – Cubs threatening to score there was that play up the middle that bounced off his glove into center field the Cubs end up tying the game but then next batter same play essentially and he's able to corral the ball and get over to first base and get the out and end the inning so you know it's good to see him being able to bounce it back like that and, and stay within the game and you mentioned the one where the error where he threw a little high of Voight you know, he said after the game, he was like, I just didn't set my feet. I know mm -hmm. He knew exactly what, he, what, what it was. He was like, I just maybe rushed a little bit. Sure, jitters, fine. And, uh, yeah, the small – and he didn't have that many errors in the short amount of time at Rochester either. I mm -hmm. think there was only one, maybe two. So we're going to see a substantial improvement in defense at shortstop. And David Martinez confirmed yesterday that the plan is for Luis Garcia to slide over to second base once he comes back from this groin issue. He was placed on the 10-day IL yesterday to make room for Abrams. Um, hopefully the 10 days is all he needs. It sounds like he was out there working mm -hmm. in the outfield pregame, um, Luis Garcia. So we'll hopefully see him. It, it was kind of a shame that this is the reason that we see C.J. Abrams come up is that Luis Garcia got hurt and, and had to hit the IL because – you know, you mentioned up the middle, you're seeing K-Bear uh, behind the plate. Josiah make the start. Mm -hmm. um, CJ at shortstop. It would have been nice to see Luis Garcia at second base, too. And I think that's just where he's better. I mean, I'm glad the Nationals gave Luis a fair shot at shortstop. You acquire a talent like CJ Abrams. 
sorry. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's going to play short. And, right. But you're still good at second base, if not better at second base. And you're a better bat right now than C.J. Abrams is. So it's kind of interesting how they're both going to play off each other. C.J. better defensively. Luis better offensively. And I thought it was interesting that they, the Nationals deliberately put their lockers next to each other in the clubhouse so they can get to know each other and come up and grow together. Yeah, Luis Garcia, before he added to the IL, was at minus 15 defensive Woo. run saves. In the time that he played second last year, he was at plus two. So he is, you know, just in those numbers, better at second base than mm-hmm. he is at shortstop. So you gave him a solid sh- shot at shortstop. Now you have a true shortstop and C.J. Abrams, who you have to play at his true position. You saw it last night. Right. He is an elite uh, defensive player. But it's going to work out both ways because Luis Garcia realistically should be moving over to second base either way. Yeah, and and that's it's and Davey Martinez kind of mentioned it, it is exciting to think about that's going to be the middle of the infield. You know, Davey mentioned it. I mean, you hear baseball people talk about it all the time, but Davey mentioned it kind of off the cuff um, like a week or so ago, being like, you know, we want to go up the middle. You got Caber behind the plate. You have CJ at short, Luis Garcia at uh, at second base, and then you can think of guys like Lane Thomas. Victor Robles in center field right now. Down the line, that could be a Robert Hassel or an Elijah Green. Um, but for right now, you're playing up the middle, and you've got a guy who is probably your best young bat right now in Luis Garcia with Juan Soto departing. Luis, when he's healthy, is probably the best bat that they have as term of a young prospect right. player. And then now CJ, who might be your best overall defensive player, um, maybe save for Victor Robles in center field. But, you know, with that kind of – prospect the idea of that up the middle is really exciting and then i'll be interesting to see how they how davy kind of puts them in the lineup together mm-hmm. i mean they're both left-handed bats so you kind of hope that maybe Luis can teach cj something offensively vice versa cj defensively maybe can set him up for nicely for double plays and stuff um but i'll be because davy mentioned that he's gonna plan on moving cj up the lineup right. eventually just wants to get him settled in batted him seventh i believe last night uh, but we'll see him move up the lineup over the next couple of days, and then once Luis comes back, those are probably going to be your in your top four at some in some way or the other. Luis was hitting second, even leading off at times, so you could probably see CJ either doing the same thing and bump Luis down. I don't know. It's going to be fun to see though, and something to keep an eye on and worth watching over this last month of the season. Right. Well, because we know that CJ has the speed, so maybe he could be the leadoff hitter of the future. Because we know that's been hard for Davey Martinez to find a true leadoff guy in this lineup. And I liked what Davey said about you know he's going to kind of bring him along slowly because at least if you're going to I don't want to say rush but in theory rush him to the major league roster at least you know give him a chance to kind of get his feet wet before you push him up at the top of the lineup so he said he he hit him seventh last night Mm -hmm. is gonna you know let him hit down there for a little bit get comfortable um and then slowly move him up the lineup which I kind of like that that Davey said that and we didn't really get the opportunity to see the bat last night he went over but only struck out once so that is promising. So as, as he continues to play every single day, you're going to get to see that bat um, and what he brings to the plate. Hey, he's got to still adjust. I mean, we know, you know, from his first stint with the Padres, he, he struggled a little bit offensively. He's to hit a lot better his second time around. And, you know, if you, if you watch the game last night, you could tell that opposing pitchers are looking off speed stuff and down on him, down and away on him. And that's where he's going to, that's where he struggled to find the ball. But if mm-hmm. he gets any sort of fastball, 
in the strike zone. And I think that's what he got in that last at bat. He was able to get a good swing on it. So just making that adjustment to major league pitching, the off-speed stuff, um, stuff that's down in a way, that's going to be tough for him to reach. They're not going to go inside on him. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, about maybe Luis being able to help him with. And, you know, now in a major league coaching staff getting help uh, – with hitting coach Darnell Coles. So it could be interesting to see how he grows. I mean, he's not going to struggle offensively for too, too long. I think right. we'll see him, especially as he continues to grow up and move up the lineup, get more pitches to hit. Um, it'll be, it'll be a good return. And then, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this middle of the infield shapes up when Luis Garcia comes back. Yeah. And I think something that both of them are going to have to work on is drawing more rock walks. walks CJ yeah. only walked twice in his eight games down in Rochester. He went nine for 31 with two doubles, two RBIs and eight strikeouts, but he did have those four stolen bases. So, you know, he has the speed on the base path. Um, but that's something that both Luis Garcia and CJ Abrams might be able to learn together is being a little bit more patient at the plate and knowing when to draw your walk. Yeah. And 237 plate appearances, Luis Garcia only has four walks on the season, which is like almost hard, hard to do. No, it's hard. That's hard to that's do. Like, like, you, <laughs> you would think every once in a while you would just not you would not swing at something or right. you would be able to take your pitches and walk. But yes. yeah, no, that's something that Davies definitely want to see too. Patience at the plate too. There's no need to rush like both in like rushing prospect terms and like, you know, we need to produce right now. And we're also in the microcosm of at the plate, like right. relax, see the pitches, get used to the pitches. Um, you know, they'll come to you. You'll see when you're going to be able to hit a pitch and, and be able to turn one um, for, for a base hit or something. And that's something that just comes with young hitters. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be, you're, they're going to press a little bit more than you see other guys do, but just comes along with the development. Yeah. I think it's like a good thing where we don't have to look. I know the error. I know a, another wide throw, like you mentioned, like we don't have to worry too, too much about his, his defense. I think we're going to see, like I said, a drastic improvement and defensive shortstop and at second base, honestly. Luis, like you mentioned the numbers too. They, Luis has been traditionally better at second mm -hmm. base no matter what, where he's played. His short time in the majors over 20 in 2020 and 2021, um, even at Rochester, a few times he's played second base. He's just better there. There's right. a lot less pressure on them. He doesn't have to make the throw across the diamond. He, he, for whatever reason, likes to throw with his feet not set, and you can get away with that at second base going to first as opposed to shortstop. So I think there's going to be some good – improvement across the board defensively from the middle of the infield and then hopefully offensively too once Luis comes back CJ gets more acclimated to playing in the majors every single day it's good to see them finish the season strong um, hopefully and, and batting on top of the lineup and that's something that you can look forward to next year and you can like I said it's a tangible thing you can see right. like this is the plan this is the future right here and uh, like like I said in the in the in the post for the podcast the future is now and that's exciting and I think that's right. national fans are looking forward to that yeah and another thing that you saw last night you know a tangible thing that you could kind of get excited about and look forward to next year was in that sixth inning when Davey Martinez went out to the mound uh, you thought maybe he was going to take Josiah Gray out um, he didn't he kind of just talked to Josiah Gray and said no this is your guy you're going to get this out um, I just wanted to give you a second to take a breather and Josiah Gray got that out struck out Patrick Wisdom on a slider and after that you could just see the excitement I mean he screamed and Josiah Gray's for the most part a pretty calm guy you don't mm -hmm. see him get too excited that often uh, but you could see it there and that was just like a moment where I was like okay this is exciting like it's been a while since you saw Max Scherzer was that kind right. of player you know but it was exciting. <laughs> Davey called it a Scherzer moment. Like he said, that's the kind of moment you would get a lot from Max Scherzer, a guy who was competitive and, and wants to stay in the game right. and get that last out. 
that's what you saw from Josiah Gray last night, which was exciting to see. Uh, back-to-back quality starts by Josiah, both against the Cubs. Uh, gave up two runs in six and a third last week in Wrigley. Only three runs last night in six. And, you know, it was good to see, too, that Josiah's outing started off rough. Like, he gave up the early home run, and then a second home run to Ian Happ. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. Long and that's run. been the issue. And it's been the issue. And you're also thinking, how are none of these just, like, routine fly balls every single one seems to leave the park right. and there was another one too i believe that we were like oh no here we go again and it actually ended up staying in and that allowed him to get the quality start but the 10 strikeouts only two walks uh i think i know davy was really impressed about that zero walks last time out it was a max scherzer moment and like you mentioned the 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 energy the enthusiasm shown by josiah gray coming off the mound we know that he's a big competitor. Davey has said he is a very intense guy, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, like you said, always show it on the mound. And to see it in that game, I mean, this team is in last place. Josiah Gray has an ERA over four. But to see that, like, it meant something to him. And you could tell talking to him after the game that it meant something to him, that that was an important moment for him, that he was very happy with how not only that whole outing went, but how he finished it, finished the inning, got the quality start, didn't wasn't in line for the win. I don't think he cares about that. Um, but, and the Nationals end up getting the W as a team. So that was a very important part, not just for the Nationals, but for Josiah Gray himself to get that confidence from his manager and know that he has it and then go out and, 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 and get it done. Exactly. He needs that for his own development. Right. But the team also needs moments like that because, you know, winning – I mean, losing, you know, day after day, you need those small moments. Um, and especially when, you know, it comes out as a team win, you need that yeah. in, in a season like this. Yeah. Um, so other news coming out, though, that we're expecting later today. It's Tuesday, which is a usually a big minor league movement day. Um, reports are out that Robert Hassel III is actually going to move up from High Wilmington to A Harrisburg today. Um, this is kind of a trickle-down effect because uh, – Excuse me, David Dahl opted out of his minor league contract with Rochester uh, outfielder. He had an August 14th uh, opt-out clause in his contract. So he exercised that. The Rochester Red Wings need some outfield help, so they're promoting uh, Daniel Johnson from AA up to AAA, who I think he's been actually rehabbing an injury lately, and that's why he's getting a call up now. Um, And then that leaves a spot open for Harrisburg, and Robert Hassel's been hitting really well over the last week or so. Tim Leonard and I went and saw him up in Wilmington on Thursday. Um, really impressive. That kind of was in the middle of where, you know, he started actually 0 for 16 once he joined the national system and then now has been hitting the ball really well over the past couple of days, um, especially a 3 for 4 night on Friday, a 2 for 4 afternoon on Saturday. So Hassel, it's cool, cool, interesting to see him get the call up to double A to possibly finish out the season with the Senators uh, and not just sitting around at Wilmington. Yeah, it's a combination of, you know, the, the trickle-down effect. Yeah. But because he has really come on after a slow start, that 0 for 16 start at Wilmington, you're kind of a little bit concerned. But it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're adjusting to a new team, a new place. But then he went 8 for his next 21 in his next five games. So he really came on there and probably deserves the promotion you know just based on his production yeah he's currently the nationals number one prospect per mlb pipeline um with cj abrams and Mackenzie gore having graduated already and you we, guys we, talked to him we right? talk, oh yeah yeah Dave, uh, tim leonard's gonna have a uh, a piece on him coming out uh, i had an article on madisonsports.com very impressive and like this was like it wasn't hard questions but like you know 
fact of the matter was like, hey, you've been struggling since you got here. Is that just like getting used to the thing or like, you know, mm -hmm. is it or and, and, you know, he was a lot more like cerebral about it and being like, you know, it's like it's getting a little acclimated to. But like I was also kind of struggling before I came over when I was at Fort Wayne. So like kind of a continuation okay. of that. And he mentioned he's like working on some things. He's like trying to mess around at the, in the, uh, with his approach at the batter's box. So that was interesting to hear, too, that he was very thoughtful about what was going on around him and we saw him turn it around pretty quickly i mean he had gotten his first couple of hits over that game he had a five game hitting streak from tuesday through saturday um so that was a, a, a you know a thoughtful he's what 20 he actually just turned 21 his birthday was yesterday um uh 21 year old kid you know thinking about hey you know i i probably just making some tweaks here and there i know i'm struggling right now but you know and there's a lot of pressure on me, but I'm not letting it get to me. I'm. He kept saying this. I, I'm trying to be where my feet are, and I was like, "You're gonna love David Martinez because David says that all the time." Uh -huh. <laughs> so you know, he's he's aware of the situation and the pressure, and you know, obviously looking forward to the future. But staying where he is right now, getting better at the play, playing good defense, has obviously allowed the Nationals to trust that he, in just a short amount of time, can go up to Double A. Well, and that's exciting to hear because you don't always get the truth out of those guys or maybe yeah. they don't you know bother to always answer True. thoughtfully maybe it's just like well yeah i need to make more contact it's like, mm -hmm. well yeah but <laughs> like how are you going to do that um so, so that's cool to hear especially out of out of a 21 year old yeah yeah so very thoughtful about that exciting to see that i mean again it's not like you know hassle james wood and Susanna aren't obviously anywhere near the major mm -hmm. leagues this they're not going to make it this year or probably even next year right now so like you know, we can enjoy C.J. Abrams with the Nationals right now. Hopefully, Mackenzie Gore makes his debut later in the season once he treats his, uh, I believe, left elbow inflammation. But, you know, these guys are definitely long-term pieces. You're not going to see them reach the majors for another couple of years. But it is good to see, like I said, the organization have faith in Robert to push him up to double-A so quickly and probably finish the season out there no matter what. Even if he you know, has to get bumped back down to Wilmington or starts at Wilmington again next year. This is still a good opportunity and good experience for him to get some higher level play at double A and see how fast he can grow. He's one of their top prospects right now and one of the top prospects in all of baseball still. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like, let's, you know, let's push him a little bit, see what he can do. Do you think that James Wood will get the promotion to high A before the season's over? Yeah, I think I, it might become as soon as – I mean, James Wood has been crushing it at Fredericksburg. I mean, actually, the entire Fredericksburg team has been crushing it. It seems like they scored like eight-plus runs a night. Um, a lot of those kids from this recent draft class has performed really well. Jared McKenzie, uh, I think, is the one out of Tennessee. He's like – doesn't go out, hasn't had a non-multi-hit game in like a week or something since he got promoted to Fredericksburg. So um, I, I think that's that's a very easy assumption to make. We'll, up, we'll hear later on this afternoon when the official roster moves are announced mm -hmm. um, and the promotions are announced. But if not now, soon, because he is hitting well at Fredericksburg. The, the overall power isn't quite there yet, but he's hitting a lot of doubles. Um, I think I, I haven't heard too much about his defense, which I'm going to assume no news is good news. Good yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's had a couple of home runs, I believe, but it's a lot of doubles, a couple of like, extra base hits, showing that athleticism and raw power. I would expect him, if not this week, soon to finish out at high A Wilmington, especially now that Roberts moved on and there's a spot open. And, and Yasel Antuna as well. He's going to be uh, reportedly promoted to Harrisburg. And then does that open a spot at Fredericksburg for Elijah Green, right. who's at the Florida Complex League? So this we could see an interesting movement throughout the minor league outfielders over this 
later well, later today or even the next couple of weeks to, as the minor league season wraps up in about a month, uh, like three weeks. And it'd be exciting to see Elijah Green get that move to Fredericksburg because yeah. you, you can see a lot more in you know in the Fredericksburg affiliate than you can down in the Florida Compax League. So to be able to see him get that promotion, especially being the, the number five overall pick, would be exciting. I was laughing yesterday because, you know, if you follow the Nats player development page on, on Twitter and, um, you know, there's a handful of other, like, fan run like Nats minor league accounts um but all the video of Elijah Green at the Florida Complex League are from his dad <laughs> and it's like behind home plate exactly and you can, exactly. And you can hear point. him screaming <laughs> and just like go go yeah like I think he hit a double yesterday or or something like that and or turned a single into a double and you just hear Eric Green, former Pro Bowl tight end screaming go 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 run two 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 <laughs> so like it's pretty funny that like the footage that we get, you get the real behind the scenes are from his dad's iPhone. So, uh, yeah, if we get him up to Fredericksburg, we can get a little more closer eyes. And again, like that's the thing that we're like, you know, Nationals fans in the area, you might make a trip down to Fredericksburg right. to watch a game to see Elijah it's not Green. Far. No, it's it's and Wilmington was only I mean two hours for Tim and I to go up yeah. there, and I think it's less than that. I believe an hour and a half from downtown DC to get to Fredericksburg. And so. it's a brand new stadium. It's apparently a beautiful stadium. I'm hoping to make a maybe you and I can make a trip um, at their next home stand or so because I know they're on the road for this week. But yeah, especially if Green gets that promotion and hopefully we can catch wood before. If not, we'll go back up to Wilmington. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And that's again like a tangible thing you can see. Like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go watch Elijah Green, you know, bat lead off and play center field for, right. or maybe not bat lead off, probably bat third uh, for the Fred Nats, and and you know just kind of see what the future is going to hold. He's number, that, this is what the Nationals did with Brady House last year. So it's not going to be too surprising if and when Green gets the call back up to Fredericksburg. It would kind of make sense, you know? Yeah. Kind and of ease him in. With and it's everything time. moving up, you know, there's, yeah. if there's a spot open, why not? Right. And, and it seems like he's hitting a little bit better at, at Flor in Florida, so it could be a good time for him to come up right now. And, and like I said, I think there's only three weeks left in the, in the minor league season. I think they finish usually around mid-September, so less than a month-ish. So, you know, get him a couple ABs right. in low A. Why not? Right. And then I think the last big question about guys getting promoted um, this year is, are we going to see Cade Cavalli before the season's we all said to, and right? done? We have to. You got to imagine that we're going to see. I'm, it's, it's always been a question of when, not if, right? I know. But the, I feel like the far, I guess June is when Cavalli struggled the most and he kind of started to come on in July. But I think it, in there is when I started to wonder Maybe it more is more of a question of if. Does it really make sense to rush him since he struggled, had had a few good starts in a row, but then not so much? It started to become a question of if. I think in my mind it still is an if. Really? I see. I'm. T I was with you. I think we've briefly touched on this over the past couple of weeks. I know we focused a lot on the trade deadline and then the new prospects, you know, kind mm -hmm. of breaking them down and seeing what the Nationals got in return, but also keeping a close eye on Cade. And I was with you. Like, I think I even said on the pod at one point being like, you know what, at this point, why rush him? This team's not going anywhere. What, what can he gain from? But he's been doing the one thing that I said that the National needed to see from him, and that's be consistent at AAA. He has been almost lights out over his past handful of starts. Um, but even in a greater, you mentioned his struggles in June. I think there was one tough outing in June, but it was actually late May where he didn't get out of the first inning. And since then, 12 starts since then, a 212 ERA, a 1021 whip over 63rd and two thirds innings. 
that plays. That will play at the major league level. <laughs> I mean, that is consistency right. across AAA. He's lowered his ERA down to below four. It's at 382 over his 19 starts this year at Rochester. That's the kind of numbers I'm seeing and being like, all right, well, what are we waiting for at this point? Because, look, everyone knows the situation the Nationals are in and moving forward. I don't know what benefit they are getting by having Anibal Sanchez and Paulo Espino make routine starts every single week. Uh, and I was saying on before on air, someone I heard someone point out that the Nationals are on pace to have three starters make 10-plus starts and finish with ERAs over seven. <laughs> and Patrick Corbin, Johanna Don, and now Anibal Sanchez. If Anibal makes four more starts, which he is on pace to do, why <laughs> bother at this point? I mean, it, why not bring up – maybe when rosters expand in September, you get two extra spots, fine. But Kay Cavalli's last – five, six starts of the season should be at the major league level at this point. Yeah, I think it had to get to that point of why not. We weren't quite at that point the last few times that we talked about it. He hadn't had enough consistency yeah. in his quality starts. Uh, and it it's true for any prospect on, on the brink of getting called up. It has to get to the point where it's like, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, they are that good. And he is fine. I will agree with you that he, over his last six-ish starts has gotten to that point where it's okay maybe why not yeah his six last six starts have been uh great uh he's covered 31 and two-thirds innings of 142 era with 35 k's um on saturday against triple a norfolk for the orioles affiliate which is of strong, strong farm <laughs> system i think they have if not two maybe three top 100 prospects in that lineup offensively um, and he went seven innings, allowed just three hits, and struck and uh, struck out eleven while giving up just one run, and only walking two. So the walks are down, strikeouts are remaining the same, and you know ticking up a little bit higher. The whip is down closer to the one. I mean that to me shows that he is getting better at repeating that delivery and command and control of his pitches, not just the fastball, but the off-speed stuff as well. So we're getting to that point of why not? Mm -hmm. And my thing too, I'm not the play manager here, but I'm looking at the national schedule, and they have three off days over the next week or so, um, where the, the Dave Martinez can room. can make some adjustments to the uh, the rotation. You know, Josiah Gray is going to finish out the season every five days. Patrick Corbin was just—I mean, this rotation's up in the air because Patrick Corbin's spot was just skipped. He's making his first start in over a week tonight against the Cubs. Um, how many more times are you going to run Corey Abbott out there? He starts tomorrow, and I already talked about Anibal Sanchez and Paulo Espino. It you got a two-game series next week against the Mariners. So it off days on Mondays and Thursday. The following Monday is also an off day. If Cade were to stay on his pitching every five days rotation, three starts from now, he that would line up for uh, the next homestand, the Sunday afternoon game against the Reds. Why not? It's a good time. Uh, I like it. I, I don't think they would fly him across the country unless it was an emergency mm -hmm. to make a start in San Diego or Seattle. But so do make make it the home. And that stand. was one thing about C.J. Abrams. I'm thankful that he didn't have to make his debut against the yeah. Padres. That that stuff with Luis Garcia going to the IL his groin didn't happen in or you know, so that they had to call C.J. up during yeah. that C.J. series because not only is that a tough time to make your debut at the Nationals, but against your former team. And you know, I'm glad it worked out this way. Yeah, that actually was an interesting question that wasn't asked yesterday. I wonder if that was kind of already like I, I would have imagined that. They made. They might have brought him up this week. Anyway, this was the plan either way. Yeah, because they they kind of said a couple of weeks, and this 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 is two weeks. Right. So, 
but and you don't like you like you mentioned or alluded to you don't want to bring him out the west coast um mm-hmm. have him meet you in san diego I mean, that'd be really weird for him or <laughs> or seattle for two games and then you're waiting an extra week to for the next homestand so i wonder if this was already in the works before garcia went down and then garcia just forced the issue of course but like i wonder if he would have that's kind already, of how i understood yeah. it. like i thought it was going to be this homestand the padres half of it didn't really make sense so now kind of made sense either way no yeah. matter what the situation with luis that, garcia was yeah. but that's interesting but yeah so i think Cade. And for me, it's now much closer to not a an if, but when. Um, I, like I said, I think at this point, what I mean, he's gonna pitch again. I think he's online to start again Thursday for Rochester. We'll see how that goes. But if it's just the same, the more of the same, why why waste that those starts at, at Rochester? Bump him up. Yeah, to, he should make sense. his last five or six starts at the major league level and just give him. I mean, even, again, it's kind of the same thing with. I said about about Hassel, but like you know, even if Cake Valley doesn't break the major league roster to start next year, fine, start him off for the first month at Rochester and then bring him back up in June, whatever it is. I mean, there's no, there's no, oh, but his control though conversation. That's we're past that point. It doesn't matter anymore. You bring him up now. There's the service time doesn't matter. You still get your full six years of Cake Valley if you bring him up now. Um, so there's we're running out of excuses i guess to That's not fair. bring him up because you want to see consistency he's doing that you need spots open you've got basically four guys that can you can pump from the rotation at any given moment right except from josiah gray so why yeah. not yeah i think there is a world that he finishes the season in triple a and they he he breaks camp with the team next year. I, I, I think I that's more think likely, that's, but I'm saying even if he doesn't, that doesn't oh, make bringing him sure. up now a mistake. Right. right. And I'm just glad that they've did it based on his, not his clock and service time, but on his, you know, development schedule and they haven't yeah. rushed it, but it is time now where you're pushing the envelope. If he keeps going out there every five days and, and is putting on the field, what he's been able to do, you're going to be pushing the envelope of, Come on, like you're you're holding yeah. him back, and there's simply no reason. Yeah, and if the, if the reason is we want to wait until September when we have two extra spots open, okay, fine. And I could I think that's probably the most realistic timetable. Yeah, yeah, and you know I also wonder too, like we haven't heard an update on Cole Henry in a little bit, right. and hopefully he comes back as able to pitch again this season. But you're also gonna have Mackenzie Gore hopefully at the end. So like that is a fun thing to sell. If you're the Nationals, right? Like, come see Mackenzie Gore and Cade Cavalli at Nationals Park face the Braves, right? you know, or or you face the Phillies at the end of the season. Even the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles are in a wild card race right now. The Marlins are kind of faded, but, like, come see these guys. That rotation sounds a lot better than Anibal Sanchez and Corey Abbott. Yeah. You can't really sell that. Anibal, thank you so much for your time. Your presence at Clubhouse is great. It's been great. But, you know, we, we need some of these kids up here right now. And it, they struggle, that's fine. But you're, at least you're seeing them, you know, in a Nationals uniform on a Major League Baseball stage. And, you know, this is a tough, brutal stretch for the Nationals to finish the season. They still have to face the Mets, the Cardinals. We mentioned the Padres and the Mariners, Phillies. There's a lot of Braves twice, Phillies again, Mets again. To, the Orioles, they're, they're facing basically contenders for the rest of the way. The only fun. ones they're not are, like, the, the A's and the Marlins at this point. Um, from the rest of the way, yeah, which is just like, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games, but if you're going to win any games, you let's see what Cade and McKenzie can do. If we're going to lose, 
I would say like Nationals lose fans would want to lose. Guys. Yeah, with Kate on the lose mound. With the future. Yeah, striking out ten, but you know, giving up a handful of runs. Yeah, I, th- I think you would take that over. You know, Anibal or Paulo Espino not getting out of the third inning. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it a lot more exciting. <laughs> a lot more bearable. You know, it's like all right. Well, at least we saw some electric stuff from a young pitcher right. uh, from a former. It's first hard round to pick. justify. You know. From a fan's perspective, I mean, when they're putting Corey, no, let's go Anibal Sanchez out there on the mound, and they hadn't, if he hadn't called C.J. Abrams up yet, and you know, it just that's a lot harder to justify. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year, and will they go out and get a first baseman, you know, and make it a a solid infield for these young guys? You got Luke Voigt on a contract for two more years, right? But defensively (laughs) (laughs) Joey Manessis yeah well I mean he's proven I mean you can't take him out of the lineup at this point he's your number two hitter right so you know will they get a solid defensive first baseman for these young guys or it will be kind of the same story next year and that you're clinging on to the young the hopeful the hopeful (laughs) the young and the hopeful yeah well definitely interesting to follow I mean we talked about a little bit especially with CJ Abrams up now Cavalli probably on his way. Mackenzie Gore probably on his way at some point in September. You know, this and Luis Garcia hopefully returning from the IL sooner rather than later. Reasons to watch. I mean, I know it's been a tough season. We're with you on that. But, like, that's your reason to watch from here on out. It's going to be, like I said, a lot of tough opponents. They're not going to win too many games down the stretch. But those are the reasons to tune in and watch the Nationals. And then you can kind of start piecing together and seeing, all right, that's the plan. That's the future right there. That's that's something to right. look forward to. Right, because after last night, I'm already excited to see what C.J. Abrams right. is able to do tonight. Like you're, it's giving you a reason to watch. You, you want get like, into it. Yeah, you like don't want to miss his first hit, even if it's just like a single up the middle. You're like, all right, that's cool. Like, yeah, you don't want to miss an at bat. Like, right. I felt I did feel like last night in in Nats Park. Like every time he stepped to the plate, even though he went 0 for four, it was like all right, a little more excitement, watch. a little more yeah, buzz. Like, you know, wasn't that much buzz with you, you know. Uh, Lane Tom, no offense to Lane, but like, you know, we've seen Lane for a while, but like, all right, CJ Abrams up the bat. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he can do. Or even defensively, oh, I hope they hit it to CJ. I want to see if he can, like, right, what he exactly. does because he has so much athleticism out there. So, yeah, definitely reasons to watch. Definitely exciting. Um, and well, of course, we'll have everything covered here on the Mass and All Access podcast. Amy has you covered on Mass and All Access as well. Some packages coming out relatively soon. So be sure to follow at Amy Jennings News and Mass and Nationals across the board on social media. I'm at Bobby, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Shout out to Tim Leonard for producing the show behind the scenes. We really appreciate his efforts. And thank you for tuning in to the Mass and All Access podcast. You can catch us live every single week on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week.